You're listening to Success Stalkers Radio, episode 53, with CEO of Winning is a Habit and Millionaire Earner, Antonio Adair. Hey, everybody. This is Ian Floyd with the Love and Sensibility Podcast. You know, when I want to get inspired to take action, this is exactly where I come, to my girl, Iona Garrett, on the Success Stalkers Radio Show. Welcome to Success Stalkers Radio. I am your host, Iona Garrett. People all over the globe are rewriting the rules to success. They're making money and changing the world. Join me Monday through Friday as I interview today's top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and entertainers that will leave you inspired to take action and achieve success on purpose. Are you ready? Let's dive right in. All right, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Success Stalkers Radio. I am your host, Iona Garrett, and I am excited to introduce my guest today, Mr. Antonio Adair. So welcome to the show, Mr. Adair. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And, you know, Mr. Adair, we have a motto here at Success Stalkers Radio, and that's until you become successful, stalk those who already are. So can we stalk you today? Absolutely. Pleasure to be on my <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Well, Antonio Adair was born and raised in Washington, D.C., Maryland area as the eldest of four by his single mother. Antonio's story is as compelling as any Emmy-nominated made-for-TV movie. Truly, he has defied all odds in his quest for excellence of himself and all those around him. After high school, Antonio entered the U.S. Navy, serving his country as active duty and is a Desert Storm veteran. After the Navy and briefly attending college, Antonio became a U.S. postal worker and one of the youngest postal supervisors in Washington, D.C. In 1995, Antonio was introduced to an industry and what will become a life-changing journey into significance, mentoring, and multiple streams of residual income. He continues to brand himself today as a legend, veteran, and million-dollar earner income earner through his corporation, Winning is a Habit. He has built networks that topple 60,000 plus distributors, which of many are earning six figures annually because of his leadership, dedication, and success in business. So Mr. Adair, I've given our listeners an overview about you, but I want you to take a minute first and tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you today and then give us an overview of your business. Well, I guess it's just um, the bio kind of breaks everything down. But, um, you know, the, the oldest of four, um, my mom was a single mom. And, you know, my concept of life itself, I watched my mom just kind of struggle raising the four of us. And I always ask this question when I do presentations. I said, you know, in today's society, one parent can raise four kids. But why can't those same four kids retire that one parent? Um, and the system's not set up for that to happen. The system's, unfortunately, set up for us to barely have enough to get by on our own. And so um, I grew up in, you know, not the best neighborhood. I appreciate the neighborhood that I grew up in, but it wasn't the best neighborhood. I didn't limit myself to my surroundings. And I always knew that I would have more, wanted more, and just, you know, just kind of really uh, will go above and beyond. I guess some folks would consider me to be an overachiever when it comes to certain things. But, you know, like the name of my company, winning is a habit. So, you know, my philosophy is winning is a habit and so is losing. 
And, you know, so winning is a habit and so is losing what's your score in life. And so uh, I'm just in the habit of just getting out here and making it happen regardless of what the situation and the circumstances are. Uh, that's just my mindset. And so, you know, when people you know, ask me, you know, what, you know, how can I continue to do what I do uh, the way I've done it for years now, being involved in the industry, and it's everything just becomes when you do it so often it just becomes a part of who you are it's just right. you know it's just it's just normal so you know i was sharing uh with on a call a few nights ago about the astronauts the nasa uh astronauts and how when they're trained they always train for worst case scenarios mm-hmm. and so if nothing goes wrong great perfect but they're always trained for worst case scenarios in the event that something goes wrong, it's just natural to them. And so, you know, it's just the training is is in, 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 you know, winning is a habit and success is a habit as well. Wow. I love your story. It's just so fascinating. And it reminds me a little bit of my own story when I think about my mom raising four kids. And you're certainly right about, you know, seems like it would make sense that if a single mom could raise four kids, those four kids should be able to turn around and retire her. But uh, unfortunately, that hasn't even been the case in my own family, so I can definitely relate to that. So, mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Dare, you know, we certainly are going to dive deeper into your, your journey in just a bit. But before we do, we like to get the motivational ball rolling. So if you have one of your favorite success quotes, can you share one with us? Uh, favorite success quotes? I think they, that's it. Winning is a habit and so is losing. I love <laughs> it. That's great. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, it's, once again, if winning is a habit and so is losing, you know, what's your score in life? We all have a score. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some folks are just in the habit of whenever they touch, just, you know, turns to gold. And some folks, um, they have the ability to kill a weed, you know what I mean? And so, but it all starts, you know, in your mindset. My thing is, if you get your head right, everything else will fall into place. That's so true. Well, can you give me an example of how you applied that, the same, you know, quote in your own life? Well, um, once again, just kind of looking at, uh, different things, different people, their situations, and just always going after. So, you know, when I was at the post office, um, I started out as a temporary employee and then became uh, a supervisor there. And it was all based on my habits. I had a mentor, his name was Lenny Jones. And uh, when I was a letter carrier, uh, he disliked my work ethic. And he says, hey, would you like to be a part of management? Mm-hmm. And um, I said, sure, you know, I'll give it a shot. And I said, so what's going to be expected of me? He says, well, you got to wear a shirt and tie. I'm like, great, I don't have to wear this uniform anymore. I can you know, I put on a <laughs> shirt and tie and come to work. You know, I don't have to deal with the elements outside. And um, uh, he said, then you have to give these stand-up talks, these safety talks. So like once, maybe twice a week, mm-hmm. you have to stand in front of, you know, the employees that you're responsible for and give them this, these stand-up and safety talks, right? Mm-hmm. So at the time, I'm like 25 years old. I don't know anything about public speaking. I've always been a, a shy, reserved, laid-back person. Um, uh, I'm a situ- and I'm more introverted than anything else, but I call myself a situational extrovert. So when a situation presents itself, then I have to do what I have to do. <laughs> right. uh, and so um, one of the things that really kind of terrified me was that I had to do these safety talks. And the safety talks were supposed to last maybe 15, 20 minutes. Um, that was twice a week. And uh, even though I had that fear of speaking in front of people, um, I said, you know what, uh, it was something, that was one of the things that I didn't like about myself. So I said, you know what, this is going to force me to grow. And I wasn't even into personal development at that time. I just wanted, I didn't like that about myself. And so some people just kind of just stay where they are. They don't attack those things and not even knowing it. Once again, 
Uh, I attacked it, not even knowing it was personal growth or personal development. Uh, and so I would give my, I remember my first few safety talks. And I remember they were supposed to last maybe 15, 20 minutes. And I think mine would last maybe a minute and a half to three minutes. And so uh, every time I did one, I got a little more comfortable. Right. And, you know, and that's the thing, you know, it was just the habit of, pushing myself to do things that I didn't want to do. And I think for all of us, we're, we get to a place in life where we have to understand that success in any endeavor is not about what we want to do. It's about what we have to do. You know, winners do what they have to do. Losers do what they want to do. And so if you win, it's not even about what you want to do any longer. It's what you have to do. That's so true. That is so true. Well, also, you know, here at Success Talkers Radio, Mr. Adair, we strive to bring on amazing guests like yourself, you know. And the reason we do that is because you've obviously had successes, and but we also know that that road to success isn't always smooth. So can you take us to a time on that road where you maybe hit, say, some huge bumps or take us to a time where you experienced a possible failure and then tell us a lesson that you learned from it? Well, I think that everyone's perspective of life and things that are happening in life, you know, we, we make decisions based on what we think we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, years and years ago, people thought that the earth was flat and people didn't travel out and about because they felt that if they traveled too far, they would fall off the earth, right? right that right. was their perspective. Mm-hmm. But then we found out the earth is round. It's impossible for someone to fall off the earth, you know? And so, um, but you know, perspectives and what we think we know we really don't know. And so as I um, look back and I I think about things that I uh, came across that kind of, you know, were like speed bumps um, on my journey here in life, um, you know, you just have to, life life can only be lived forward, you know what I mean? And so uh, we can look back and See things that have happened, and of course, hindsight being twenty twenty, we can we want to go back and modify some things. But you know, even if you could uh, buy a round trip ticket back to where you were, you can't mm-hmm. change it because it is right. what it is. Right. And so, once again, life has to be lived forward. And so, the things that <clears throat> excuse me that I've learned, um, and things that I had to really, really kind of get over, uh, just in life and in business. And um, one of those things is this. You know, uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, from Dr. Tony Evans, and I, and I, I kind of just kind of live my life by this. He says, men have the ability to make counterfeit money, but then money has the ability to make men counterfeit as well. And, and so my thing is, I've always made the money. I, I've never let the money make me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been around uh, a lot of successful people. And there's some people. There's some people who handle success well, and there's some folks who, you know, the, the money has made them counterfeit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you know, some of the things that I've learned is that there are people out there who you can you can count on. There's folks out there that you can count out. Uh, and if I had to, I guess if I had a chance to kind of modify some things, there's some friendships and relationships that um, you would definitely uh, that I see that were a little more valuable now. But then also what I've learned as well with those relationships is that when you, the way you identify a friendship or the definition that you have of a friendship or a relationship, you know, someone else doesn't define that the same way. Right, true. And so the definition that you have and the definition that they have are totally different. And what I mean by that is some folks 
are only friends and they only want those relationships out of convenience. Mm -hmm. But and they have the ability to lean on you. But when it comes time for you to lean on them, that really lets you know and that really defines the relationship down to the most infinite power. That's true. That's so true. And, and I appreciate your answer. But, you know, I, I do want to ask you another question because, you know, here at Success Talkers Radio, we are all about the story. Is there a time in your life where you can maybe just be a little transparent and just maybe tell us about a story, a specific possible failure that you experienced? Um, <laughs> which without, without giving all the details. <laughs> well, um. Once again, we make decisions based on what we think we know. And so um, I've been a part of several companies over my uh, network marketing career, and I've been blessed. I've made uh, six figures or better uh, in every company that I've been involved with. And I've been, in, yeah, well, with the exception of the first company, uh, first two companies. Uh, I started out with ACN, and then the next company was TPN. And from that point on, you know, we've kind of figured it out. You know, winning has become a habit. Uh, but I made some decisions where I've, you know, walked away from rock-solid income, uh, rock-solid organizations, you know, based on what I thought I knew and I didn't know. And so um, I'll say this because, you know, if I, if I, I don't want to um, use any names, but I'll say this. Right. Okay. For most people, when it comes to difficult decisions, a lot of times when we make these decisions, we're, we're making them based on our emotions. And so my philosophy is this, our emotions are liars, traitors, and thieves. Every time in my lifetime that I've made an emotional decision, I can only speak for me, but every time I've made an emotional decision, it wasn't the best decision yeah. um, because we're making it out of emotions. And so people say, Antonio, are you saying not to be emotional? I'm saying no, not, I'm not saying not to be emotional. I'm saying to put your emotions on the shelf when you need them, summons them, but for the most part in business and life, relationships, be logical. You know, try to be as logical as you possibly can because right. there are a lot of folks, once again, who unfortunately made some emotional decisions and you now they're incarcerated. There's some folks who yeah. are no longer with us because they were emotional or someone else was emotional. And so I've made uh, a few decisions years and years ago mm -hmm. um, based on emotion, not logic. And now, of course, mm -hmm. that you look back on it, you have a better understanding of yourself. Um, you know, that situation, you know, t I guess the decision that I would have made later on would definitely have been totally different from the decision that I made. And I thought I wasn't making an emotional decision, but in fact, I was. Okay. And, and I appreciate you, you know, explaining a little bit more because the reason why I ask those questions to our guests is because, you know, our listeners, they, you know, they get a chance to learn, you know, how to overcome situations by, by hearing your story. So, so thank you for sharing that with us. Well, let's go forward, Mr. Adair, because, you know, if you can tell us about that day or a day that everything changed for you. Like when, when you look back on this, that road to success, you know, what was the aha moment that you had that changed your life? Well, I um, I remember uh, being at the post office and um, things had started to change for me years and years ago. And um, I was out on sick leave. Um, mm -hmm. And I'd never called in. I'd never taken a day off. But, you know, when I, you know, understood business and that I wanted to be a professional networker, I started to make some sacrifices. And so I took off like 90 days. Mm -hmm. to really go chase it. And I don't advise anyone to do do this. <laughs> uh, those were some trying times. I had to make decisions. Right. You know, got to a point where I had to make decisions um, based on, you know, if I was going to go prospect, 
um, if I was going to stay in the house because I had 20 bucks and yeah. you know, 20 bucks was food or gas. And so, mm-hmm. you know, things got really, 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 really tight. But I remember um, having that, having a conversation with God and I'm more of a, a spiritual person than a religious person, but having a conversation with God and I was like, okay, you know, this is something that I really want to do. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm trusting you, you know, I'm right. faithful because I'm faith filled and uh, all I need is, and at, at that time, like all I need is a, is a thousand dollars a week. If I can earn a thousand dollars a week, man, I can really, really make some things happen. So uh, I prayed, I fasted, and you know, God always goes above and beyond. Yes, He does. So within maybe a three week time span, that thousand dollars a week that I asked for went to four thousand a week. Wow. So I went from you know just wanting to make an extra thousand dollars a week to four thousand dollars a week, and then that stayed consistent over um, an extended period of time. And I remember um, talking to my mom, and I'm like, "Hey, I think um, I think we're going to walk away from the post office." And my mom was like, "Are you sure?" And mm-hmm. of course, mothers do what they do. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, and she's like, well, "I think you should give it a little more time." And at that point, I had to really kind of realize that. My mom is is as great as she is. Mm-hmm. Um, she gonna teach me what she knew. Exactly. In order for me to have more and do more, in order for me to be better, I had to learn from someone who had more and did more, and you know, kind of had a better quality of life than my mom. Right. And that and naturally had what you wanted. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And so uh, I took the advice of the other people. And I didn't listen to my mom at that time, and. Um, her thing still was, you know, why are you doing this? You know, you got this government job and, you know, you don't have a degree and you're making X amount of money a year. And I was like, you know, I just, I just, I got to move forward. And um, I went and I resigned. I resigned from post office and uh, I, had an, I had an uncle and uh, I shared with him what was going on. He was like, man, you are crazy. You got those benefits. <laughs> you know, the post office, that's a good job, boy. And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, and so, but once again, faith is only faith when it's all that you have. Mm. Wow. When it's all that you have. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I just I just leaned on the promises. I stood on the promises. And here we are now, 20 years later, I've been blessed to be, um, you know, self-employed for the last uh, 20, well, I've been in the industry. I've network marketing for 20 years, and I've been full-time for 17 out of the 20 years. So, um, it's and, and it's just become the norm. Mm-mm. I just I just love your story. You know, Miss Lady, I, I want to take a minute for a second because here and just say, you know, 14 years ago, I had the opportunity to see you on stage uh, when I was, you know, in another, we were in the same company together, prepaid legal services. And, and I'm telling you, I was just so just amazed at, you know, all the success you were having then. And I'm sitting here talking to you in an interview and it's just like, wow, it's kind of surreal. Awesome. <laughs> So you just never know where life can take you, you know. So I love it. So I just want to say I appreciate you because I've learned a lot from you in the past. You know, I got my first uh, launch in personal growth in prepaid legal services. And, you know, being being able to have you guys, it's like kind of like mentors. You know, even though I didn't know you personally, you know, I still got a chance to be at conventions and see you and hear you from the stage. And it was just amazing. And so I just, I thank you because you planted things in me that you didn't even know. So Awesome. That's how it works. You. Yeah, definitely. Well, because I know that you are a success stalker, Mr. Adair, tell us, do you have any new projects that you're working on? Well, you know what? Right now I am in the 
in between stages. Um, I, uh, I'm looking at a few companies right now. I won't say what they are, but I'm looking at a few <laughs> companies right now to uh, kind of take my talents and my services there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the first time in, 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 in 20 years that I've been in between. I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm really not a, um, associated with any particular company right now. But once again, I love the industry yeah. of network marketing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, probably in the next few weeks or so, maybe less, um, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll be, you know, I'm going to get involved again. But um, there's a story that I like to share. There's, and, and here's why, you know, once again, when you're connected and you're spiritual, sometimes you just got to kind of slow down. So, um, and you got to recalibrate. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, since I was in the Navy, I'll share this Navy story. Uh, every submarine um, in the Navy, uh, they could stay down underwater for months. Mm-hmm. You know, they could stay down for close to a year if they needed to. And uh, But they surface um, a minimum of every 90 days. They surface, they surface. And like, you know, they need more food or, you know, some of these are nuclear subs, so they don't need any, you know, any fuel or anything. Mm-hmm. But every 90 days or so, they have to come up and they have to surface. And here's why. Um, when they're down under the water in those depths, what happens is that uh, the magnetic pull from the earth, okay, basically throws all of their instruments off from mm-hmm. their missiles to, um, you know, every uh, electrical instrument or electronic instrument is thrown off. And so they have to surface every 90 days or so to have everything recalibrated. So can you imagine if they don't resurface every 90 days, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, and they, they fire off one of their missiles and that missile could just be off, off oh, wow. by a tenth of an inch. Right, you see what I'm saying? Right. And over a period of time, they're shooting that missile from, a, you know, from let's say a few miles or whatever, mm-hmm. it'll miss the target. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And so what I realized here myself, I just kind of, you know, with me taking the break and being um, in between companies, mm-hmm. um, I just have to surface. And it's the first time that I've done it um, over my network marketing career. Yeah. And I've just, I, mean, I just kind of surface. And, and if I can, I'd like to share another story of, of, sure. of where I'm at right now as well. Where these two, there are these two lumberjacks. One lumberjack is a very seasoned lumberjack, and there's a, a young guy who is, you know, just new to it, but he's one of the biggest and strongest guys in the forest as he's chopping down these trees. So he mm-hmm. challenges the very seasoned the lumberjack. He says, hey, you know, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'm younger, I'm faster. I know I can cut down more trees than you. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the seasoned guy said, well, let's go for it. Give it a shot. And so they chop down trees from 9 o'clock to, in that morning to 5 that evening. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the young guy, he works all the way through, nonstop, doesn't stop, doesn't break to eat. He just he's all day. He's just chopping down trees. Right. The seasoned guy, he sits the, and every every hour he stops for 15 minutes. So he'll chop for an hour and he sits down for 15 minutes. Okay, so he mm-hmm. did that from nine to five. And so the younger guy is like, you know, I know I got him, I know I beat him. There's no possible way I worked all the way through. But when it was said and done at 5 p.m. When they started counting the trees, the older, more seasoned um, lumberjack had cut down a third more trees mm-hmm. than the younger guy. So the young guy mm-hmm. says, how are you able to do that? I didn't stop. I mean, you stopped, you know, every hour for 15 minutes. And he says, you know, every hour for 15 minutes, I was sharpening my blade. Ah. You know, 
and I think, you know, where I'm at and where I've been in the industry, um, I'm not, you know, of course, I've sharpened my blade for the last 20 years, but mm-hmm. being in between companies, I think sometimes what we have to do, we got to sharpen our souls well. We just got to take time to slow down and sharpen our souls. That's good. That's good. I often heard someone say uh, in the past that sometimes you have to slow down in order to speed up. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, I can definitely understand that. So, well, we have reached my favorite part of this interview called the success round. And what I want to do here is just I want to throw some questions at you, and then I want you to throw some answers back at me. So you got your you got your boxing gloves on? I'm ready. All right. <laughs> Good deal. All right. So what was it that held you back from becoming an entrepreneur before you got started? Um, just not knowing. Um, but you know, I, you know what? I can't say nothing. I can't say there was anything that really held me back. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though I was extremely shy, um, in the ninth grade, my mom's single parent, and there were things that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold newspaper subscriptions from door to door. Uh, in the ninth grade, as shy as ever, you know. And I would, you know, I was averaging three to five hundred dollars a week. Wow! As a ninth grader, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was selling some newspaper subscriptions here in DC, and um, so I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. You know, uh, I used to own a liquor store here in Maryland that was BC before Christ. Um, <laughs> and so I've always had that that you know that spirit. Yeah. But what's what was crazy is that you know you can people have the dangerous thing is to have that drive but then not have the coaching, the mentoring, or the right folks around you to guide you. Right, exactly. Yeah, that, 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 makes, you know, that makes a huge, huge difference when you have the right people because if you're learning on your way, I mean, and you're going to learn, you're going to lose. You know, with, with the liquor store, uh, it was shut down, should I say, with the closing in six months. I lost over $60,000 mm-hmm. in that short period of time because I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. So I had the ambition, I had the money to invest, but I had no business experience. Yeah, I, it, like myself, I, I was an entrepreneur at 14, and I won't go into that that story. But I understand what you mean because I, I had the drive, I had the ambition, you know, since I was a teenager, and I started different businesses, and I started selling things at school, you know, and and um, you know, when I was in junior high, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, snacks to kids and things like that, you know, it was really to help my mom, you know, as a single mom, and, and also some to help my sister get a uniform for for a flag team in school. But I said all that to say this is that. I didn't have the guidance even after I got out of high, out of you know high school and and college and I opened up a salon and you know I I wasn't really I could have been more successful had I had the guidance you know like you just mm-hmm. spoke of so I always had that entrepreneurial spirit just didn't have anyone to lead me actually until I I was introduced into network marketing and that's when I really got that structure and that mentoring and so I'm so grateful mm-hmm. for network marketing I re- I really really am. Absolutely. Well, what is the best business advice you've ever received? The best business advice I've ever received. Mm-hmm. Um, what has been the best business advice that I have ever received? You know, <laughs> I, I I think it has to be just to be logical, uh, mm-hmm. not emotional. Okay. And you know, sometimes um, we can make decisions, and we can. We can make them too fast. We can make them too slow. But I think that if, like you said, if we have the, the coaching, the mentoring, um, and the tutelage, you know, it's not going to guarantee that we're not going to make any mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it will, it will, because we can learn from other people's mistakes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And being able to kind of take a step back, if folks have already traveled the path that we're, we're attempting to go ourselves, we can always learn something from them. And so. 
Um, one of the things that my mom used to say that I found out was a total story. Uh, and that is, you know, <laughs> good things come to those who wait. You know, and I think we've all heard that good things come to those. Yeah, who we wait. heard that. <laughs> right, but you know, that's not the you know someone paraphrased that quote. You know, what I mean, and it was Abe Lincoln. You know, Abe Lincoln says, "Okay, good things come to those who wait, but it's only the leftovers after those who've gotten out there and hustled." Mm-hmm. That's so true. You, you see right. what I'm saying? And so um, sometimes they, re- you know, they require some patience. Sometimes you got to move right now. Uh, but I think you know the the, the best advice that, that I've gotten from a business perspective is just make sure you know you're doing your research, counsel, um, mm-hmm. because you know whatever it is that you've gone that you're attempting to go through or going to go through, this uh, maybe a business partner or a business coach or whoever or mentor who's traveled that road. And if they can kind of share with you some insights on the mistakes that they've made to kind of minimize yours, that, you know, that just makes sense to me. Absolutely. You know, it kind of makes me think about, you know, someone's in a boat and they've been down this, you know, this, this rough, you know, say rocky or rough seas and they know where these different boulders are. And then you go along and you're like, okay, they, they can guide you and say, okay, don't go that way because I went that way, you know, and it's rough over there. So, yeah, I Absolutely. can definitely understand that. Yeah, definitely. Well, can you share one of your daily personal habits uh, that you believe attributes to your success, Mr. Adair? Well, uh, daily, I'm up at 6.30 and um, I'm working out daily. I think that, you know, working out and taking care of yourself is uh, something very, very minute that people kind of take for granted. Some folks, you know, Mm -hmm. they they don't eat right, um, they don't work out, and you can run and go after it, but, you know, if you're not in a – my thing is I want to live while I'm alive. You know, yeah, and there are I a lot like of that. folks who are alive, but they don't have life because they're having issues with all these ailments, high blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol, you know, all those type of arthritis, all those things. So you got to take care of yourself. And so first thing I do is, you know, I work out um, for half an hour to an hour every day. And then uh, I go into my devotional time uh, for another mm-hmm. uh, half an hour to an hour daily as well. And so, you know, you have to really... Um, you know, I guess, you know, body and mind. And so you got to feed yourself um, daily from a mind perspective and just the devotion. And along with that, you know, I'm an avid reader. Um, so all those mm-hmm. things really uh, play a big part. And then you got to drink water, uh, <laughs> a bunch of water. Uh, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, what's okay. I, um, because I, you know, I think I shared this with you just in personal conversation. You know, I, I never mm-hmm. met my dad until, I was 30 years old, and um, yeah. so that's a whole side of me that I don't even know. Um, it's just it's really non-existent. And so when I met mm-hmm. him at the funeral, I you know found out I was the youngest of 11. And um, on the obituary, it said devoted father of 11, and I'm like, okay, am I number 12? Or maybe I don't understand the definition of you know of devoted. Yeah. But anyways, um, you know, met him for the first time there, and um, you know so don't know anything about his side. And so I came across this um, this doctor, his, Dr. Uh, Valtor. He does DNA physicals. And with his DNA mm-hmm. physicals, uh, he takes, you know, a clipping of your fingernail or your hair, and he can go back mm-hmm. five generations on your mom's side. He can go back five generations on your dad's side and let you know the ailments that your ancestors have had and then also mm-hmm. prescribe to you a diet so that you don't come up and come across those same things as well. And, um, yeah. Wow. And so I know my mom's side was kind of jacked up, high blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol, all that stuff. 
um, by my mm-hmm. dad's side, would even worse than my mom's side, you know, small, yeah, oh, um, wow. small pox. Yeah. It was a bunch of crazy heart failure. It was a bunch of stuff. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, just for me, once again, I want to live while I'm alive. And so it was, uh, you know, it was a $500 investment to, you know, have that DNA physical. But there were things that I found out about myself that I, you know, I just, mm-hmm. it's like you know stuff, but until it's put in the proper terms, it gives you the best understanding that you could have. And so there were some things that were, that were happening with me, and I'm like, oh, that's different. But he just kind of broke things down. So he gave me a diagnosis from top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And, you know, one of the things that he mm-hmm. said, he said, I have an over, uh, I have um, high levels of adrenaline in my brain, okay? And he says, when you're asleep, you're not even asleep. And I was like, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Said, because your mind is going all the time, you know. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, see and I'm that. like, yeah, that's me. He says, you know, he's like, if you sleep with the television on, he says, make sure it's on something that's, you know, that's productive because, you, you know, because you're listening right. while you're sleeping, you know. And so it's, right, it's your brain doesn't of, go to sleep. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, but because of, you know, my, my habits of the way I eat, the way I exercise and so on and so forth, uh, he says I was one of the healthiest uh, 45 year old men that he's ever seen. And, you know, so, you know, all those things are important from a health perspective. And then once again, um, you know, you got to feed, just not feed yourself from a nourishment perspective, uh, but feed yourself from a mental perspective as well. So, you know, the personal development and all those things play, play a major piece in what you're doing. Really good stuff. Thank you so much. I love that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I- May have to call you about that doctor. Oh yeah, and, and you know he broke it down. You know it, it was really really crazy because, yeah, you know, I'm I'm a healthy guy, and the only issue that I had was well, two things. He said I have an overabundance of minerals in my my kidneys, and um, that that was that was because I was drinking smart water, and I drink smart water every day. He's like, well, no, because of, you know the smart water has the minerals and the vitamins and the electrolytes. Um, you're making your kidneys work a little harder. He says you need it, but only drink smart water, you know, two maybe three times a week. He says other than that, the best water to drink is Fiji. Okay, so I had this okay. overabundance of minerals in in, in my in my in my, uh, in my kidneys. So he uh, he um, helped me modify that. And the other thing was he said I have 14 different families had 14 different families of parasites living in my body. Now, we all had parasites that are living in our body, right. but my had right. 14 different ones, right? And so he said, I can tell, just from my fingernails and my hair, he could tell that I ate a lot of green leafy vegetables and a lot of fish, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. He says, you can't eat out anymore when it comes to salads. And I'm like, okay, what's up? And he was like, well, people think they're eating healthy. He says, but and he's a doctor from South America, and so he says, here in the United States, um, there's no, there's nothing that governs how restaurants have to wash their their fruit and vegetables. And he says, ah, so they'll just spray it off with water. They won't use any, mm-hmm. you know, fruit and vegetable wash and so on and so forth. He says, so as you're out and you think you're eating healthy, you're really eating salads that have parasites in them. You just can't see them. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. So you know, whenever I'm out and about. Um, I don't do any green leafy vegetables. So I may order like a chicken sandwich or something, and I'll just have <laughs> right. to hold the lettuce. You know what I mean? Um, changed my mind. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, like I said, I'm just you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, every morning at six thirty, I say I get up, I'm running for my life, uh, and I don't want to do it, but you got to get up and do it, you know. And, right, and right. I'm, you know, I'm not, um, and I'm just eating 
to live now, you know, versus living to eat. I'm yeah. eating to live. So yeah. I'm going to be making my salads at home now. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that, it's crazy. You know, I would stop maybe even at Subway and like, all right, Subway's healthier. But then, you know, and I, I stopped eating the lettuce and I was eating spinach mm-hmm. on my sandwich. But he's like, yeah, it's the green leafy vegetables. So just had to make those modifications. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. And people right. saying, well, we don't know can't hurt us. Well, well we, in that situation, oh, yes, well, we don't know can actually kill us. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, do you have an internet resource or, say, a business tool that, that you use, like, or maybe an app or something that you use to help build your business? Or um, you know online? what? I had, you know what? I'm, I'm almost uh, ashamed to say this, but I don't, there's no app out there just yet. Uh, the AntonioAdair.com <laughs> is under construction right okay. now, you know, but in the very near future, prayerfully, in the next 90 days or so, we'll have everything up and running. You know, and, you know, my goal is, uh, is to help others win. You know, um, I'm, I'm coming up with a, a foundation or another business name, and it's HOW, mm-hmm. and that's how, uh, helping others win. And so that's what oh, I, I want to get. That. That's what I want to do uh, from that perspective. I just want to see people win. And, you know, there are a lot of folks out there who, are, unfortunately, they're, they're struggling. And my thing is this there's a million ways to make a million dollars, right. a million ways to make a million dollars. But you got to have two or three things going on at all times. If you have all your eggs in one basket, you know, it's just like committing financial suicide. Um, and we've seen that happen for folks who were in real estate. You know, they had mortgage offices, they were brokers, you know, real estate agents making a bunch of money. But then back in 2008, we saw what happened. And for those folks who had all their eggs in that one basket, they got crushed. Uh, and they're, they're just trying to scramble around to maintain a respectable, decent standard of living. You know what I mean? Right. And so you always have to have some other things outside of a traditional nine to five going on. And even if you're a business owner, you got to have some other ways yeah, multiple to generate money. I, absolutely. You know, and so I always say this, if you have to be there to make money, then you're never going to become wealthy. That's true. That's so true. You know, I have, you're never I have, going to become wealthy. I have a, um, um, mentor who's a multimillionaire and you know he just recently said to me you got to keep those irons in the fire you know and you know when we were growing up we would always hear oh you got too many irons in the fire you know but mm-hmm. now I realize you were, yeah you can never have too many but they were speaking from a, a standpoint of, of an, an employee mindset and of course certain, certainly not from an investor or a business you know owner standpoint so yeah you definitely have to keep several irons in the fire <laughs> well what books could you recommend to our listeners instead there um, what books? A lot of books. Um, or one or two. Okay. Um, the eight attributes of great achievers, um, written by Cameron Taylor, is a great book. Um, the obstacle is the way by uh, Ryan Holiday. That sounds like a good book. Um, yeah, really good book. Of course, the the alchemist. Um. Um, Paul Paulo Coelho. Mm-hmm. And uh, something that I just started reading here recently. You know, anything about John C. Maxwell I like, um, but he has a book out called "Put Your Dream to the Test," and ten questions to help you see to see it and seize it. And so, um, you know, of course, in network marketing, we talk about your why and so on and so forth in your dream. Right. And this right here really um, puts you in a situation where if you're going after something, it really, uh, those 10 questions are great questions to see if you really, really want what you want the way you say you want it. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff. Thank you so much. Well, we have reached the last question in in the success round, and it is a doozy, so I hope you're ready. 
Okay. You still got your gloves on, right? I got my gloves on. Headgear, everything. <laughs> All right. Well, imagine that you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world. Let's say it's identical to Earth. Uh, And you don't know anyone, but you still have all of the same experience and knowledge that you currently have today. Let's say your food is taken care of, your shelter is even taken care of. And let's say you have $500 and a laptop. That's all you have. So what would you do in the next seven days? Um, I would network. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would, yeah, I would just network. If I have a laptop, 500 bucks. Um, in the next seven days, my, I guess my goal would to be would be to take that 500 and not even have a, a cap or a limit on it uh, to continue to you know take that 500 and turn it into you know, an infinite number. Um, you know, I just, and once again, it's just the habit of uh, getting out there, going after it, not succumbing to the circumstances or the situation. Uh, once again, everything that we see doesn't necessarily mean that it is the way that we see it. Uh, there's always a way out of something. I think we just have to be, if we become more resourceful and become more creative, there's nothing that we can accomplish. And so I think, you know, everybody has what it takes, but we just have to be more creative, more resourceful in order to make it happen. I love your answer. I love, love, love your answer because this question I ask to all of our guests, and and I love the answers that I get. And it's pretty much all of your answers are are different, but yet still the same. And it just simply means that you know you got to get out there, you got to network. Because if you're in business, you're in, you're in the people business, so you got to go meet people. You got to get out there and network and get your name out there, get your brand out there. So thank you so much for that answer. No problem. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, well, hearing your journey today has truly been, you know, just been inspiring. And let's end with this. If you can just give our listeners one parting piece of guidance and then share the best way they can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Um, They can friend me on Facebook, Antonio S. as in Sylvester, AntonioSAdare.com. And, um, you know, just always be optimistic. You know, there's someone who's gone through something that you're enjoying right now and you, you know, to have a mentor, a coach, a teacher that is so priceless because mm-hmm. things that they've experienced over their lifetime. Um, and that's why, you know, reading books are so important as well. You know, someone can literally uh, write a book and their life experiences, what they've learned over 40, 50 years are in that book. And you can have it mm-hmm. in a couple of hours or a couple of days, depending upon how fast you read. You know what I mean? Right. And so our right. stories doesn't have to be their story. It could cut things down for us in a great way. So personal development. So, so true. Thank you so much. Well, I know our listeners have gotten some great takeaways and nuggets from you today, Mr. Darren. They can also find the links to everything that we talked about and everything we chatted about today at our at our website at successtalkersradio.com slash Antonio Adair. And it will all be there on the show notes page. We can still follow you as well, you know, through our site. So. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We just really appreciate you for being so generous with your time. And so I say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And for everyone out there listening, thank you for tuning in today. And until our next episode, remember to keep stalking success. Well, that'll do it for another episode of Success Stalkers Radio. If you'd like to hear more from these inspiring entrepreneurs and entertainers, be sure to subscribe to the Success Stalkers Radio podcast on iTunes. And if you found value in this episode, give us a review, hopefully five stars. 
You may also visit us at successstalkers.com. Leave us a comment. We love to hear from you.